Hey, hey, good morning, all my friends out there in the uh, internet world. <laughs> Pastor Wayne here from Summit Church Online, and uh, we're doing a strictly online church today. We've had uh, a few people exposed to the coronavirus, so we've decided to stick with an, uh, an online-only service today. See, I got a few watchers. My name is uh, Dr. Wayne Hansen. I'm the lead pastor of Summit Church of Douglas County. And uh, we will normally be in person and online, but today this is this is how we have to do it. So I'm glad you're joining me. Stick around. Uh, if you have prayer requests, put it in the chat here below. And hey, would you share this uh, link with a friend? Share Pastor Wayne H on these various uh, platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Periscope, YouTube, Instagram. We're also on um, Twitch, so several other um, platforms and. And so as I get ready to play the uh, church countdown, would you put your prayer requests in the chat there below and let us know where you're watching from, if you have a special prayer needs. Uh, we have a great service planned here today. I've got some praise and worship. We're going to be calling in with the one-year Bible with uh, our good friend Tim DeYoung. And then I have a message called the Faith Dashboard, and we're going to be studying the, the book of James here today. So put your Put your comments there in the chat below. Let us know how we can pray for you today. We'll, we'll be praying live with Tim on the phone and uh, glad that you're online here. And we'll get started here in just a few minutes.
Well, good morning, everybody. I, I'm, I'm uh, sorry we couldn't be together in person, but this is uh, pretty good, too. We've got ways to receive your prayer requests and interact with you here online. We're going to be calling into Tim here in a, in a little while and doing the one-year Bible. And then I've got a message from the book of James. We're going to be studying the book of James, and it's a, a message called the Faith Death, the Faith dashboard so that we've got all that stuff to look forward to here today would you sing with me today wherever you are just uh, put aside the distractions of the of the moment and let's just sing and make our hearts glad before the lord every move i make i'm making you you make me move, Jesus. Every breath I take, I breathe in you. Every step I take, I take in you. You are my way, Jesus. Every breath I take, I breathe in you. Waves of mercy, waves of grace. Everywhere I look, I see your face, your love. Has captured me. Oh my God, this love, how can it be? How can it be? Say that again. Every move I make, I'm making you. Every move I make, I'm making you. You make me move, Jesus. Every step I take, I take it. Every move I make, I'm making you. You are my way, Jesus. Every breath I take, I breathe in you. Waves of mercy, waves of mercy, waves of praise. Everywhere I look, I see your face. Your love has captured me. Oh my God, this love, how can Na 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 na
Church Online, our Strictly Online service today. God knew all about the coronavirus. He knew all about exposures. He knew that sometimes we'd have to do church in a different kind of way. is isn't our favorite way to do it, but we're glad to be together online in worship and in praise today. So let's open with prayer and invite the Holy Spirit to be with us as we gather online. Father, we thank you that you're a healer, that you're a helper, that you can encourage us when we're discouraged. Lord, we thank you that you're there for us when we're all by ourselves, when we're uncertain about the future. Father, I thank you that you're never confused, that you know exactly what we're supposed to do next. And Lord, you promised to never leave us, to never forsake us. You said, behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So Jesus, we just give you this time today as we worship you and as we study your word and as we gather virtually here today, I pray that you would meet our needs. For those who are sick today, God, we're going to offer special prayers for them. But even now, even now, Lord, begin to prepare their bodies for complete and total healing, total restoration. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good. In my life. Lord, be glorified, be glorified in my life. Lord, be glorified today in my home, Lord, in my home, Lord. Be glorified, be glorified, oh, my home, Lord, be glorified today in my church, in my church, Lord, be glorified, be glorified in my church, Lord, be glorified today in this place, Lord, be glorified. Be glorified in this place, in this place, Lord, be glorified today, be glorified today, be glorified today. Sing in my heart, Lord, be glorified. In my heart, Lord, 
be glorified in my heart, Lord, be glorified today in my mind, Lord, in my mind, Lord, be glorified. Be glorified, oh, in my mind, Lord, be glorified today. Let's end it where we started my life, Lord. In my life, Lord, be glorified. Be glorified in my life, Lord, be glorified today. Be glorified today. Be glorified today. Come be glorified. Be glorified today. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you, working in this place. You are here, working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. You are here moving, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you, working in this place. You are here, working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. Every 
worship you. I worship you, Waymaker. You are a Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. You are a Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are, Waymaker. Way make miracle work, promise keep light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. You are a way make miracle work, promise keep light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. 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 Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. Never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. Never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. Never stop, you never stop working. Never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Never stop, never stop working. Never stop, never stop working. You are here, touching every heart. You are here, touching every heart. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, healing every heart. I worship you, yes, Lord, I worship you. You are here, turning lives around. I worship you, I worship you, mending every heart. You are here, mending every heart. I worship you. Yes, Lord, I worship you. You are a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. 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 Yes, Jesus, we give you honor, we give you glory and praise. We thank you, Lord, that you're with us. 
in the high times and in the low times and all the times in between. We study the book of James today, God. We know that our faith will be tested. We know we go through difficulties. Sometimes we take it right to the red line. We don't know what to do, but you're right there for us when we're confused, when we're overwhelmed. You're there for us, God. So we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. So I'm going to call Mr. Tim, and I think we have a way to do this. You'll be able to hear him, and I'm going to turn up my sound here so you guys can hear me okay, hopefully. Yes. All right. So let's call Mr. Tim on the horn here. Let's see what we get. There you go. Good morning, Tim. You are live online on Summit Church Online Live. How do you like that? Wave it. <laughs> Wave, everybody. Tim is online. Right? That's right. That's right. Put put a hello in the chat here, everybody, so we can see where you're watching from. And and uh man. I know. Well, I want to hear the, what what on your on your Bible is. But then, Tim, before you get off the phone, I think we ought to pray for everyone who's sick today and not feeling well today. So, what do you got? What's in the one year Bible today, my friend? <laughs> yes. Amen. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Tim. Well, that's awesome. Glad to have that you glad you called in here this morning and or that I called you and you were able to do this. I I can hear you. Hopefully the people out there can hear you as well. Um I I I'm looking at my volume uh so we're we're still learning all the technology here, but let's uh let's go to prayer for people. 
Um, and I'm, I'm not going to pray for anybody uh, like specifically whom we know may have COVID or anything like that. I'm going to keep everyone's health, uh, health history private, but we're just going to pray a general prayer for healing for, for people. Um, so let's do it. Let's do it. Father in heaven, Tim and I come into agreement today. We thank you that you are a healer. And Father, you knew that we would have to have a day like this of quarantine worship. And even though it isn't our favorite, maybe it's a perfect fitting uh, time for us to study the book of James. And we talk about our faith being tested and going through difficulty and in having to endure hardship. God, we thank you that um, you're more than able to raise us up and to heal our bodies. And for those who are watching or who will be watching later who are not feeling well, Father, will you just take away the sickness, take away any fever, any shortness of breath, um, any um, lack or fear? Father, I just come against fear in the name of Jesus. It seems like the big thing that the enemy is trying to bring is fear right now and intimidation. So, Father, we come against that. We thank you that the joy of the Lord is our strength, that Jesus, you shed your blood on the cross. You took a beating that should have been ours so that we could be healed and whole. So strengthen our church family everywhere they are and everywhere they're watching. And Lord, I pray a special anointing on this feed here today for uh, healing. And so may you heal each one, raise each one up, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Tim, why don't you pray whatever you feel led to pray, my friend. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Tim. Love you, my friend. We'll talk We'll, we'll talk uh, after the feed here today, and we look forward to seeing you in person. <laughs> All right. Blessings to you. Take care. Bye-bye. Awesome. Well, wasn't that wonderful? Hopefully you can hear Tim. Couldn't hear Tim. Okay. Well, we're, I can hear him, but you can't, I guess, so we're going to have to figure out how to mix some of that in the mixer, but Thank you, Sally. Good to see you online, many of you online. Make sure and put your prayer requests in the chat so we can pray for you before we leave here today. I've got one more song, and then we're going to get into our study here today. And um, it's an oldie but a goodie. It's, uh, it's called, I Could Sing of Your Love Forever. and the sea. Your river runs with love for me. So I will open up my heart. Let the healer set me free. I'm happy to be in the truth. So I will daily lift my hands. I will always sing oh, when your love came down. Yeah. I can sing 
special blessing on your word today. Help us to receive it with gladness as we perfect our faith by following in the steps of Jesus, Lord. So bless everything we do and say in the rest of this feed here today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Awesome. So do me a favor, everybody. Would you share this link with a friend? Say hello, greet someone online, uh, put something in the chat there for us, and uh, I want to just challenge you to partner with us in the ministry. Here's several different ways you can give. You can hit the donate button on our Facebook page or go to mysummitchurch.com and click the donate button. You can text to give at 303, just 
open your text by app and uh, type the amount of your gift to this number, 303-625-9434, or you can mail your gift to Summit Church, 200 South Wilcox Street, Box 243, Castle Rock, Colorado, 80104, and we look forward to hearing from you. Uh, we are in the middle of an Alpha course. On Thursday nights, we're doing the Alpha, which always at at 6.30, there's always a food, and then 7 o'clock, there's a talk and discussion and connection. I have a little video promo for the Alpha course. I want you to see uh, what we've been talking about uh, for the first four weeks of Alpha, and there's a few weeks left. We have a fall retreat coming up. I'll share more of that here at the end of the feed, but check this, check this beautiful course out called the Alpha course. I'm sure that you'll be blessed by it. Check it out. Every day we ask so many questions. What should I wear? What's the weather going to be like? How am I going to fit everything in? But then there are those bigger questions, like why am I here? Where am I heading? Is there more to life than this? arrived at an answer to the most important issue that we humans ever deal with, is there a God? And I had arrived there without ever really looking at the evidence. And I was supposed to be a scientist. At 28, I had gotten many of the things that I thought I wanted. You know, my girlfriend was on the cover of magazines, I had a Beamer, and I was so unhappy. It was a realization maybe that I would, I would never find happiness where I was looking for. I think for so many years, you know, I always just strived to be strong in myself. All I needed was me and my buddies and, you know, would be like invincible. But the truth is, none of us are. And I found purpose, I found meaning, I found hope. God took something so broken and made it a beautiful art piece. Alpha is a place where you can be yourself. You can say what you think and challenge everything. No, no question is too complex or too simple. And what your point of view is, is as important as anyone else's. We are going on a journey together, an adventure to explore the questions of life, faith, and meaning. All right, the Alpha course. We are in the middle of that semester right now. But before, before, uh, before we get too deep in all that, let's get into the word today. My name is Wayne Hanson. I'm the lead pastor of Summit Church of Douglas County, Colorado. And we're going to be studying the gospel or the, the epistle of James. So open your Bible with me here today 
the, the book of James, and we are going to get into it. Starting with James chapter 1, I'm going to read the highlighted verses here, and then we're going to talk about some ways in which we can endure suffering, become stronger in our faith. This is the faith dashboard, the faith dashboard. And gauge number one, and I'm, and I'm giving this sort of a theme, like a car with gauges. So just imagine that uh, you've got the RPMs over here, you got the speedometer over here, you got your gas gauge, you got the voltmeter, you've got your heads up display, your GPS, all the different gauges that a car has. Imagine you had a dashboard for faith. Well, this first gauge that we're going to look at is the gauge of RPMs or the engine being tested. You know, the engine has to be tested when it's when you're first breaking it in. All the rings and the seals won't seal properly, won't seal properly unless the engine is revved up to a high RPM and it can set everything in place. And if it's not properly tested, uh, those those rings will never set and they'll have to rebuild the engine. So I think in many ways, our faith being tested is like this gauge of the RPMs. So let's look here at James chapter 1, verse 1. This is a letter from James, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm writing to the 12 tribes, Jewish believers scattered abroad. Greetings. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for joy, um, for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance will have a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. That's that's pretty important. If we're going to be if we're going to be tested in our faith or if we're going to have a, a faith that can stand the test, we have to realize that um, difficulties is, is just a part of the Christian life. And I know that's a, not a popular idea. And yet when you go through difficulty, you should find it a comfort that God is with you in your hard times, in the difficulty. And what is God accomplishing through that? He's making your faith stronger. Uh, let's look here in verse 12 of the passage. It says this, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. Isn't it good to know that God never changes? God is the same yesterday and today and forever. He can be counted on. Just as the sun rises in the morning and sets at night, we can trust that God is going to be with us every single day and that God, God's character is not in question, that he is always good. He's always gracious. He's always kind. He is holy, 
but he gives us the strength to walk in holiness and he gives us the ability to walk through difficulty because uh, he's never going to allow us to be tempted beyond what we can bear. But when we are tempted, he's going to provide a way out and he's going to give us his spirit. And of course, the person of Jesus Christ dwells inside of us. So we have the spirit of God, the power of God at work in us, um, giving us the ability to both do and to will the, the work of the father to do what God wants us to do. So let's continue on here in chapter one, verse 19 it says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So get rid of all filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word that God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. Yes. Verse 26. If you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. See, faith can't just be a matter of talk. Faith has to be a matter of action. It is talk. We can't just like pretend that we don't have to say anything. We do have to speak up. The Bible says, how will they hear unless unless they send, unless I send a preacher, unless someone declares what's being said, no one's going to know what the gospel is. So we do have to say it. We do have to demonstrate it. But we have to let our, our walk match our talk. We have to not just talk a good game, but actually live um, what we claim to believe. Um, my, the writer of in my um, Bible here says, what's the point of James? Well, real Christians don't just stand around. <laughs> I think that's a great summary of this book. I, I, most weeks I do a little quick one-page summary of what the, the book of James is all about. And I'll do that real quick with you to this morning. It says, walking the talk, doing the things that we say we believe. That's what James is all about. Who wrote it? James, the brother of Jesus, the pastor of the church in Jerusalem. When did it happen? Well, he most likely wrote this uh, letter uh, in the mid-40s AD. So it might be one of the first New Testament writings. Where does this book fit in? It's early in the development of the church. Here's a breakdown of the book real quickly. Chapter one is about your faith being tested. Chapter two is about faith and good deeds. Chapter three talks about a talk or a mouth that pleases God. Chapter four talks about spiritual dangers. And chapter five gives instructions to the rich, the impatient, and to the sick. Some key concepts to the book of James are wisdom, sin, words, faith in action, and suffering. There's a scorecard of some people mentioned in the book of James. Of course, James the writer. Uh, then Abraham, an example of someone who showed his faith by his actions. Rahab, another example of faith in action. And Elijah, um, an Old Testament prophet, is an example of someone who prayed effectively. And James is about effective prayer. You can read the, the book of James in about 10 minutes. Here's a few verses that are worth memorizing here today. Uh, James 1, 2 through 3, which we've just read. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Um, chapter 2, verse 17, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Chapter 3, verse 17, the, the wisdom from above is first of all pure, 
There's also peace loving, gentle at all times, and not will and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism. It is always sincere. Chapter 5, verse 16. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Of course, James is written from a masculine perspective. Um, here's some organization and planning. James uh, 4, 13 through 16. It's good advice for business planners or any other planners for that matter. It's easy to think that we're really in charge, assume that we can determine what will happen. James reminds us that God is sovereign. We must be humble enough to admit that our plans will come true only if God allows it. So we have to, we certainly have to have initiative and do the things we're supposed to do. But in the end, it's God who makes the seed grow, right? He's the, God is the one who's in charge of, of, of the seasons of life and springtime and harvest and the rains and early rains and latter rains. He's in charge of everything. So that's gauge number one is the RPMs. We get tested just like an engine gets tested. Our faith gets tested through difficulty. Gauge number two in chapter number two for sticking with the faith dashboard idea is the speedometer. All right. And I would say it's a faith that's going somewhere. Like if your speedometer reads zero, what does that mean? means you're not moving it means you're in park right or you're at a stoplight and you're not you're not going anywhere i think a lot of christians speedometer reads zero because <laughs> it's their their life isn't going anyplace they haven't they haven't listened to the voice of god they're too afraid to make a move so we have to we have to be people of faith that are doing something with our faith so james writes about he warns against prejudice in uh, verse 12, here, let's look in our passage here today, chapter 2, verse 12. He warns against prejudice. He says, so whatever you say, or whatever you do, remember that you will be judged by the law that sets you free. There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. Hmm. Faith without good deeds is dead. Verse 14. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but you don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye, have a, have a good day, stay warm and eat well, and then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Now, someone may argue some people have faith, but others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, for you believe that there's one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can you, can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Verse 22. You see, his actions and his his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. So it happened just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called a friend of God. Verse 25, speaking of Rahab, Rahab the prostitute's another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good 
works. What's the speedometer on what's the spiritual speedometer on your faith dashboard say? Does it say two miles an hour? Does it say zero? Or are you going a 75? Are you just going like are you just going full bore for God? You have a faith that's going somewhere? I hope so. Because faith without works is dead. What's interesting about James, of course, this is not the James that was the disciple. This was James that was the brother of Jesus. And this is what we know about him. They called him Old Camel Knees. And I'll explain to you why they called him that. Here's what my study Bible says. It talks, it talks about this. He says, he was one of the little kids in Joseph and Mary's house, the brood that came along after the firstborn, Jesus. We wish we knew more about James's early years. Did he get along with his older brother? What did he think about the getting lost at the temple escapade? How old was he when, when Jesus moved out on his own? Some have speculated, by the way, that James and the others weren't really brothers of Jesus, but rather cousins or perhaps stepbrothers from an earlier marriage of Joseph's. This makes it possible then to defend the idea that Mary had one and only one uh, pregnancy in her lifetime. Granted, the range of gr the Greek word adelphos is wide enough to cover everything from a relative to a good friend. But there's nothing in the New Testament that, su that suggests that James was anything other than a natural born son of Mary, just like Jesus. So what do we know for sure? What we do know for sure about James is that the rest of his brothers weren't too keen on Jesus's mission once he got rolling. They came to see him once in Mark 3:31, and they hung around the edges of the crowd, but they didn't believe in him. That's what John 7, 5 says. In fact, they sarcastically egged him on to make him, uh, to make, so that he'd make a spectacle of himself, John 7, 3. All that changed, however, when Jesus rose from the dead. He apparently had a list of people to see following the resurrection, and James, his brother, was on it. 1 Corinthians 15, 7. James became convinced that his brother that he'd grown up with, done chores with, and gone to school with was the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Within a few years, James rose to become the presiding leader of Jerusalem's congregation, moderating a, a tough church council, uh, and which debated a uh, Gentile Christians, whether they should be required to conform to Jewish law. Uh, you can see more about that in Acts 15. James, a devout Jew, said that he thought Gentiles should not have to go through endless Jewish rituals in order to be accepted. And his diplomacy won the day. It was a watershed moment in the development of the young church. Eventually, James wrote a letter to the churches across the Roman Empire. and We call it the Epistle of James, which is what we're studying today. It was succinct. It was clear and practical with a call to faith to be backed up by action in our lives. James was a quiet, brave man known for his integrity and devotion. This eventually got him killed. The Jewish high priest had him stoned in AD 61 or 62. A poignant picture is passed from Hegesippus, a Roman historian, that reveals something personal about James. He was called Old Camel Knees. <laughs> he was in the habit of entering alone in the temple and was frequently found upon his knees begging forgiveness for the people so that his knees became hard like those of a camel. In consequence, his constantly bending them in, in his worship to God was an example of faith and a prayer to the early church. I, I hope that we get those kinds of nicknames. Well, my, my uh, wife has a, a great uncle on one side of her family named Praying Sam, who was a Mississippi riverboat captain. And he was known uh, to, to take people up and down the Mississippi River. And 
Um, obviously, he must have been praying for people or constantly in prayer um, because he was known as Praying Sam. Well, hopefully you'd be known by some kind of uh, great moniker like that. Well, James continues in talking about how do we walk this out? How do we live a practical faith? Gauge number one, what was it? It was the RPMs. An engine will be tested, right? The next gauge, it was a speedometer, a faith that's going somewhere. Gauge number three, the voltmeter. The voltmeter. Now, if you've ever seen the voltmeter, that shows you how much juice is left in your battery and whether the battery can turn over the engine. You know, a tiny spark in a gas, in a combustion, internal combustion, combustion engine, that tiny little spark sparks the gas, which turns the pistons and makes the engine run. <coughs> Pardon me. Let's look at James chapter 3. James chapter 3 says this. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we can control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Verse 7. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father. Sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. So blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out from both fresh water and bitter water? Pardon me. Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. You can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. So <clears throat> the tongue is a restless kind of evil. It's very small. And he goes on to talk about the power of the tongue. And verse 17, it speaks that we can speak the wisdom of God with it, or we can cut and hurt people with the tongue. So verse 17, he says, but the wisdom, but the wisdom, first of all, is pure from above is first of all pure, is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, will, willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism. It is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. So the tongue is a restless evil. It's a tiny little thing, just like we put bits in horses' mouths, mouths to turn a horse or a tiny rudder can steer a giant ship. The same thing is true with the tongue. When we, when we um, control our tongue, it shows that we can control ourselves in other, every other way. We can begin to control our thought life. We can be control our finances. We can begin to control the other areas of our life that are much easier to control than the tongue. Because oftentimes we have no filter between our brain and our mouth. And of course, we need to let the Holy Spirit um, check us when we're about to say something we shouldn't say. Ask ourselves the question, does this need to be said? Or next, say, does this need to be said by me? <laughs> and thirdly, does this need to be said by me right now? <laughs> Oftentimes, we don't need to be the one that brings a word of correction. Um, God can do that um, through someone else. And a lot of times when we are correcting other people, we're doing it to make ourselves look stronger or more mature or more spiritual. And oftentimes that's not, not what is needed in the moment. So that's gauge 
Number two is the voltmeter gate, or gate number three, I guess. Number four is proximity alerts and backup cameras. Now, <coughs> pardon me. My wife's my wife's car, which, which is one of these newer kind of cars. It's it's an Infinity. It has proximity alerts and a backup camera. If you have one of these newer cars, you can see how close you are to the curb. You can see how close you are to certain uh, things that may be out in traffic or in a parking situation. You can see a grocery cart if it's too close to the car. Or when you're backing up the car, you can see what's directly behind the vehicle. And what I, what I would say about this uh, chapter is we're talking about drawing close to God and knowing, being situationally aware of what's happening in the kingdom of God and letting God speak to you in the circumstances and in the situations that you find yourself in. Let's look at chapter 4, verse 1. It says this, drawing close to God. It says, verse um, 3, it says, yeah, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him, and he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So, humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come, come close to you. Skipping down to verse the backside of verse 11, he says, But your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. So many times we want to give ourselves an out. Verse 15 says, what you ought to say is that the, again, he's speaking people in bit about people in businesses. Hey, here's what we're going to do next year. Today or tomorrow, we're going to a certain town and stay there for a year. We'll do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like a morning fog. It's here a little while and then it's gone. What you ought to say is if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you're boasting about your own pretentious plans. And all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. So we have to say, okay, God, you're leading me. I, I, don't, I don't tell God, you know, what he's got to do. In fact, I think it was an old uh, sage who said, uh, tell, if you want to hear God laugh, tell him your plans. <laughs> you know, the better the better plan would be to say, God, you tell me what you want me to do. You tell me what the plan is and I'll just do it rather than trying to talk God into something. We let him we let him speak to us through his word and through his spirit, through the circumstances we're in, through the responsibilities that we have. And we let him guide our lives. And so God will give you um, updates as you go on a daily basis. If you spend time in God's word, if you spend time in meditation and prayer every day, God will begin to speak to you through his word and through impressions, through dreams, through visions, through the, even what other people say, and he'll guide your life. He'll give you the, those little proximity alerts, those little, little guidance along the way, like, hey, go left here, just like a GPS, right? It, we, we can start to let God guide our lives. And that brings me to the final uh, gauge. And I, I'm calling it the sat nav, you know, the satellite nav navigation, the map. 
by which I adjust my course. God wants us to make adjustments. So many of us get rigid or religious in our thinking. We say, no, God, you do it this way. And if you don't do it this way, I'm not moving. I'm not going to do it unless you do it my way. Well, guess what? He's God and you're not. And so you and I are called to submit to him and let him guide our lives, not boss God around and tell him what he what he ought to do and how he ought to run his universe. Let's look at uh, chapter five, James chapter five. Warning to the rich, and he warns people to, to stay humble, and that patient endurance is what is needed. And he says that there's power in prayer. And I want—I do want to say this. Many of you who are sick, uh, we do house calls. And um, once I know that we're in the clear here, we definitely want to be praying for some of you and bringing over some anointing oil and, and just the prayer offering faith will make the sick person well. This is what it says in James 5, 16. It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was a human as we are. And yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky went down sent down rain, and the earth began to yield its crops. So, my, my dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. So God calls us to pray for the sick. He calls us, if we're in exalted circumstances, to, to be humble, to to realize that everything we have is a gift from God, that we need to patiently endure difficulty. And the whole book of James is about going through hardship and trusting God anyway, going through the stress test and realizing that he's there, he's perfecting my faith, he's making me stronger, he's helping me to become the man and the, for you ladies to be the woman that he wants you to be. Well, maybe you've watched the feed here so far and you know that you don't have a relationship with God like that. You know that you have not really surrendered your life to God's care and control. You haven't really uh, said yes to Jesus. You haven't come to the place where you decided to turn over your life to him and let him drive the car. You, you, many people have seen that old uh, bumper sticker, God is my co-pilot. Tell you what, you shouldn't even be in the front seat. <laughs> you need to do like that old Carrie Underwood song, Jesus take the wheel. Let him have the controls of your life, and you're going to go to better places. Well, Jesus said in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one only Son, whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. The, the way in which you start this relationship, the way you give the keys of your car to Jesus is by surrendering. It's by saying, I can't do it anymore. I I." am in need of a savior. I'm in need of turning my life over to God. There's a simple prayer that I love to lead called STP. It's sorry, thank you, please. We want to encourage you to, to find, finally turn over, to finally give up, finally surrender and say, okay, God, this faith stuff, it's challenging. I'm going through tough times, but I know that I'm not able to handle, handle it um, without your strength inside of me. If you're ready to give your life to Jesus, would you just Pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. 
I believe that God raised you from the dead. According to the scriptures, please come into my heart. Be my Savior and be my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, if you pray that prayer, we believe that you have become born again. You become a new person. You change the spiritual direction of your life by being adopted into God's family. We'd love to get a, a Bible into your hands. We'd love to help you grow. Would you contact us uh, here at Summit Church and let us know? And um, we want to give you your next steps and how you can uh, follow Jesus the rest of your life. Well, we have our fall retreat coming up in just a couple weeks, and it's going to be at Rampart View Ranch. I went up there and took a little video, and I want to invite you, if you have not yet registered for the retreat, go to mysummitchurch.com, click the register button for the retreat, check out this little video, and, and see what this beautiful campground is going to be all about as we go on this trip to talk about the Holy Spirit and who the Holy Spirit is in our lives. Hey everybody, Pastor Wayne from Summit Church of Douglas County. I'm here at Rampart View Ranch, just above Sedalia, about eight miles west of town, right there on the foothills near Devil's Head. It's a beautiful facility. We're going to be doing our fall retreat here, October 29th and 30th, and we would love to have you come join us. It's all about the Holy Spirit, and who is the Holy Spirit? What did the Holy Spirit do? How can I be filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, these questions and more will be answered, and then we're gonna spend some time just seeking the face of God. And many of us are gonna pray a prayer just saying, come Holy Spirit, come into my life. I welcome you. And whenever we welcome God in, He always comes and He always does His good work. I hope you can join us for the retreat. The cost is about $55 per person, but don't let cost be a reason why you don't come. Um, the spacing is limited, as you can see um, with the bunk beds in the area that we have, but we've got at least 20 spots available and we would love to have you come on the fall retreat. So God bless you guys. And check out these views, unbelievable views of Douglas County. Isn't this something? So spots are filling up for the fall retreat, and uh, if we have to reserve more space, we will. But right now, I think there's only a handful of spots left, so I'd love to have many of you plan on coming on that Holy Spirit weekend. We're talking about who is the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do? How can I be filled with the Holy Spirit? I know it's going to be a powerful time for those of you who attend. Thank you for joining me online here today. Let me give you the blessing. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you. Lift your countenance and give you his peace. Go in peace, everybody. Serve the Lord. Share this link with a friend, everybody. And we'll look forward to seeing many of you in person next Sunday. God bless you. Take care.
so much for tuning in today to the ministry of Summit Church and the daily outreach of Wayne Hansen. You can support our ministry in many ways. Click the donate button on our Facebook page, Summit Church of Castle Rock. Visit our webpage, mysummitchurch.com, and click the online giving link. Or mail your donation to Summit Church of Castle Rock, 200 South Wilcox Street, Box 243, Castle Rock, Colorado, 80104. Or finally, text your gift to 303-625-9434 and follow the prompts using your smartphone. You can also support us by connecting with our online community. Comment, like, share, follow, and subscribe on our various social media channels. Of course, we appreciate you joining us in daily prayer. I'm Sean Rima, and on behalf of Pastor Wayne and the Summit Church family, take care and have a great week. Remember, God loves you, and he has a wonderful plan for your life.